0: Listen, today we are going to be talking about a subject that we think will bless you so tremendously if you will position your heart. It's actually called the heart to honor. We're going to be talking about a heart to honor. But before we do that, can you give God a 13 second praise? If you are thankful to be saved, if you are thankful to be alive, if you love FOC, if you're glad you got good pastors, can you give God some praise this morning? Come on, God, we bless you. We honor you. We thank you. We lift you up. We magnify your name. We declare that you are a good, good God. We are so thankful for God and his goodness. He is such a good God. And we just say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your goodness. Now, I'm about to pray because I want to get into this teaching today because it is absolutely amazing. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. We bless and honor your name. We lift you up and we say thank you. You are a good good God. We thank you that you are good in every season. You are good in every month. You are good in every day. You are good in every minute and you are good in every second. We thank you that there is no goodness apart from you. And we thank you for your loving kindness and your tender mercy that you have bestowed on us. We thank you that you have reconciled us back to yourself, that even when we were not thinking about you, that you were drawing us back to you. And we say thank you for allowing us to come home through the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. We thank you that Holy Spirit leads us all into all truth and guides us in the way that we should go. We thank you for the written word that is for instruction room. Proof and direction. We thank you for good church homes like Fellowship of Champions. And we thank you for other partners, other believers that are committed to the things of God. Now, Father, as this word goes forth today, we have an expectation. You said anytime we can see here and understand that we shall be converted. So we declare that today is our conversion day and we believe that we receive it in Jesus name. Amen. 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 We are talking about a big subject today. Yep. It is called the heart to honor. Mm -hmm. We're talking about honor. And I really want to talk to you guys about this because we live in a very dishonorable world. We live in a world where it is natural for people to cuss each other out at stores, at games. Heck, sadly, sometimes it's even natural for people to cuss each other out, out in church. But we need to understand that even if the world is dishonorable, that God still values honor and that honor really matters in the kingdom. Can you put that in the comments that honor matters in the kingdom, right? And so we are so tremendously blessed at FOC to have partners who consistently honor God, us and each other. And we appreciate your hearts to live out the word. Thank you for all that you do. Listen, a lot of times when people have to teach a a message of honor, it is because they got a lot of dishonorable stuff that happens. But we just want you guys to be to have an understanding of how God sees honor, because you know that every single thing that God asks us to do, that God gives us a reward for. it. It's one of the things I absolutely love about him. Listen, he could command and make us do whatever he wants us to do, but he literally says, if you do it my way, I will reward you. Now, we all know that honor is the right thing to do, And as believers, we are committed to doing the right thing because it is right. However, today, we want you to know that God honors the honorable. Put that in the comments. God honors the honorable. There is a blessing for those who choose to operate in honor. Honor is a big deal.
1: It is a big deal. It's It's a a, big big deal. it's It's such a big deal that one of the things I... I, I remember reading early on uh, that had to do with the impact of, of our finances was in Proverbs 3, like 9 and 10, when he said, honor the Lord with your substance. And I looked up that word substance and saw what it meant, and it said, honor the Lord with your wealth. And it was around that time, and we've told this story before, I won't do it again, but we made the commitment. I mean, we, we would have kind of people like a lot of people are today, where we say, hey, we're going to tithe when we can and it was like our, 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 the things that went on for our life was so inconsistent. It was so mm-hmm. inconsistent uh, because we were inconsistent. Yes. But when we made the decision to honor the Lord, the Bible says to honor the Lord with your wealth, with your substance. And when we started honoring God in that way. Then He did exactly what you said. He started to reward us in the area in which we honored Him. And so today we've got some areas we're going to talk about how to honor the Lord. And you're going to see that when you start to honor the Lord in those areas, then there's going to be a reward for honoring God in those various areas.
0: Oh, that's so good. So when you honor God, there is a reward in that area. And a reward is just a gift. Mm -hmm. It is just an acknowledgement. It is God saying. Thank you for doing it my way. Mm -hmm. Now, isn't that amazing how good God is that he would thank us for doing it his way? He is God of the universe. He is creator of all, but he literally
1: thanks us for doing it his
0: way. Because he's
1: given us free will. He says, there's a reward for doing it my way, but I won't force you because what honoring me needs to come from your heart. It needs to come from a place of love. Nobody wants a gift that you had to make somebody give to you. Amen. And so at the same time, God doesn't want a gift that he made us to give. He says, I'm going to make you free moral agents. And I'm going to ask you to honor me because of because of who I am. And then when you do it, I'm going to reward you, even though I am the one who gave you the ability to even honor me. I gave you the breath to honor me. I gave you strength in your body to honor me. But I'm going to reward you when you do it.
0: So you're telling me that it's really like something as simple as this, is that you instruct one of our kids to do something, mm-hmm. right? They
1: actually do it. Mm-hmm. And then you reward them for doing the thing that you, you told them to do. So it's happened. We've said to our children, listen, here's your curfew. Do not break this curfew. If you think you're going to break the, the curfew, here are the parameters that you need to abide by to make sure that we know in advance that curfew is going to be broke. When you do that, and then you reach the age of 16, if you have honored us by doing what we instructed you to do, we will reward you with the car. Oh, now that's good. And that's how it works. We see it in the natural. The Bible says we can look in the natural and we can glean things of the spirit. Well, we know what honor looks like. We know what giving rewards for honor looks like because we've all done it for all of our children. That's really,
0: really good. So let's define what honor is, babe. What is honor?
1: Honor is the act of giving respect and/or praise to someone. That's what it is. It also means to esteem or to hold in high regard. But I like this definition. It is the act of giving respect. I am, I am, I am giving something to someone because I see them in a particular light. It is to give praise or or to hold in high esteem someone else. Now, I think it's, you know, if you think about it, it's really
0: kind of problematic. Because you can see throughout our world, whether we're talking about in the educational system, whether we're talking about in church, whether we're talking about in sports. Here's a great example. Almost every weekend we see about some parent who got into it with a referee. Yeah. In our day, even if you disagree with a referee, you never would have thought to go down there and fight the referee right. over a call. Right. It is because of the lack of honor and respect. Yeah. We, you know, when When we were growing up, if somebody cursed out a teacher, we were like, oh, that's a kid you don't want to hang with. They're so disrespectful, right? If somebody, you know, we we laugh about this. We talk about growing up when, when you would pull into the church, if you were listening to secular music, you would turn your music down because it was a position of respect. We need to understand. That the enemy tries to convince us to paint it like, oh, you're equal, I'm you're equal to me, and I'm a man just like you, and I put my pants on just like you put your pants on. So I can treat you any kind of way. But respect and honor and holding people in high esteem still matters in the kingdom.
1: Yeah. People want to be given respect, but they oftentimes don't have the ability or willingness to give it. And honor is about giving respect. A lot of people say, well, you know, you gotta get a, show me some respect before I show you respect. Well, honor is about respecting others and you giving that respect. And the Bible tells us like this, it says, if you wanna be, if you wanna have a friend, what do you have to do first? Show yourself friendly. If you wanna get respect, what should you be doing first? giving respect. Do you think that
0: some of the people get confused about honor because they, can, they feel like honoring somebody puts them
1: in a place of being oppressed? I think so. I think that's some of the thought process behind it because the enemy wants people to think that if I honor someone, I'm doing one or two things. One, I'm putting them up on a pedestal. I'm making them bigger than they are. Or number two, if you honor them, they're going to oppress you. Now, mm. why would the enemy want me to think that? Because he know that there is a reward to honor. So if he can get me to be dishonorable, he can get me to disavow myself of the reward that was guaranteed to me.
0: No, I think that's really good. I remember years ago when you were principal at McNair and um, everybody knows that I am a strong woman, mm-hmm. right? And I remember you were having a, a conversation yep. with some of the women in the office and you were saying they were and asking you mm-hmm. and the teachers and they were asking you about submission.
1: Yep. And they were asking, well, what did they say? to They you? asked me, they were like, okay, is, is your, we know your wife, you, you, is she submitted to you? And I said, Yes. And they could not believe that I would say that you were submitted. And I was like, at the end of the day, in our house, there can only be one head. If there's two heads, it's dysfunctional. I said, that doesn't mean I don't listen to what my wife says. It doesn't go along with what she says. It doesn't mean that her ideas aren't better than mine. But at the end of the day, she married me. She took my last name. She is a woman of God. She is submitted to me. And they couldn't wait until you came up there.
0: I was coming was, that day. Was, and they were they, like, I mean,
1: don't go
0: what you going to say? And I walked in the door, yep. and they didn't even say hi. They, didn't say hi. they were like, "Sean, are you submitted to Edwin?" And I was like, "Yeah." Like, and then they tried to me? explain submission, like you didn't know what it meant. And I was like, "Yes," because I think the thing that people miss about submission and honor is that in order to submit to somebody, we have to be equal to begin yes. with. I have to place yes. myself under your care. Yes. Now, let us just give this warning. We're not talking about placing yourself under the care of someone that's dangerous to you. We're not talking about placing yourself under a ministry that doesn't want you to think for yourself or a husband that's abusive or a boss that's abusive. But there is a benefit to honor. And even if
1: you have to extract yourself from a situation, you can still be honored. And and, and while we're talking about that, if you really read. The new testament and understand the relationship between a husband and a wife it is about a mutual submission it is about a mutual submission at the end of the day every in every organization there is a hierarchy so decisions can be made and effectively there's no different than the family but at the end of the day i am submitted to god you are submitted to god you are submitted to me, I am submitted to you, our kids are submitted to us, and we submit to our kids as well. It's it's, it's not about who can dominate who, it's about making sure that we are all in a position to always be able to honor one another. Yes, right. So honor is a
0: gift that we give Mm -hmm. someone to show them that we value and esteem them. Mm -hmm. And I want to say this, We don't have this problem in Fellowship of Champions, but we talk to a lot of pastors. A lot of pastors. And what we see in the body of Christ is there are a lot of people who treat their pastors common until they're in trouble. Mm -hmm. They don't feel like they have to listen. You know, one of the things that I appreciate about, um, let me say this, Um, Chandra is one of my oldest friends. Mm -hmm. Chandra and I have literally known each other since we were like three or four years old. And Chandra calls me, Pastor Sean, Mm -hmm. even when we are having a casual conversation. And I ask her why she does it. And she says, because you are my friend, I cannot forget the place you have in my life. I cannot forget. And one of the things that people need, one of the rewards of honor is that you get to receive from the people who have the anointing and the flow and the wisdom to give you. A lot of people do not understand this. You, If you listen to a teacher that you dishonor, you can get information, but not the anointing anointing. that's on their life. You'll never get the results. You cannot get the results that's on their life. And so many believers have operated in dishonor, right? So honor is God's system. And our ability to honor others starts with our honor for God. So let's look at this scripture right here. It's a very interesting scripture. It's in a translation we don't normally use. It's the Christian standard Bible. It's 2 Samuel, the second chapter, and the 30th verse. Mm -hmm. It says, therefore, this is the declaration of the Lord, the God of Israel. I did say that your family and your forefathers' family would walk before me forever. But now this is the lord's declaration no longer for those who honor me i will honor but those who despise me will be disgraced now this is really interesting because this is god talking about um He's talking to Eli's family, if I'm not mistaken. And he's saying it was his will that Eli's family would always be on the throne. And they had been so dishonorable to him that he came back and said, no longer. It's no longer going to be. I'm going to honor you regardless to what you do. And he sets this standard. He says, for those who honor me, I will honor. But but those who despise me will be disgraced. Now, I want y'all to equate this right here to dishonor god another way for dishonoring god is to disobey god to disobey god in god's eyes means you despise him Mm -hmm. now can y'all come on and come in in these comments now because you need to get this god says when you practice disobedience when you disregard the instruction that i have given you so for example God has told me to honor my husband. If I refuse to honor my husband, it does not matter how much I pray to God and how much I tithe because I disregard God in this
1: area. He says I despise him. And and, and the Bible also tells men: it says when you have a wife, if you don't honor your wife, if you are dishonorable to your wife, then in essence, you are dishonoring God. He says, and as a result, your prayers won't even be answered. Your prayers won't, so so there it is again, where he's saying, when you honor, there's a reward. When there's dishonor, there's disgrace.
0: Amen, listen, let's just all be honorable. Let's practice honorable. This scripture, let's practice honor. This scripture shows us that God has placed honor in the realm of seed, time, and harvest. Mm -hmm. If we honor him, he will honor us. If we fail to honor him, we will suffer disgrace, Yes. right? Um, the scripture tells us that there are eight people we are called to obey. We will give you all eight of them, but we are going to only highlight today into two in today's teaching. All right. Yeah.
1: And when you think about that and you hear these eight areas, I want you to not just hear the areas. I want you to actually be reflective and think to yourself, how am I doing in these particular areas? Cause maybe you're doing great in four. But maybe there's four you need to improve on. Maybe you're doing great in six and there's two you need to improve on. Maybe you ain't doing nothing in any of them and you need to improve in all eight. But you have to do a self-assessment and be like, hey, in these particular eight areas that my pastors are talking about this morning, how have I been functioning in honor now that I understand that honor is about giving respect, to hold in high esteem or high regard, or to give high praise for a person uh, in a particular position in my life? so we're going to talk about these eight things and you want to start with number one i'll
0: start with number one number one number one is god
1: Mm -hmm. for
0: those who honor me i will honor but those who despise me will be disgraced second samuel 2 and 30 christian standard bible that's the scripture we just just read over right so the number one thing that we must honor the number one being we must honor is god god gets the first honor seat put that in the comments God gets the first honor seat. We
1: must honor God. That's right? the reason you and I say, hey, look, we love each other immensely. But God's number one in my life. God's number one in your life. Absolutely. In fact, I would feel some kind of way if, God, if you started putting me number one and God number two. Because that's out of order. And so we, we we say the number one thing you must practice in your life is honoring God. And you say to honor God is to do what? Be what? Oh. Obedient, obedient. Obedient. I was like, what happened? Obedient. Here? obedient. So if you're, gonna, on, to if you're gonna honor God, you gotta start by obeying his. But word. here's the thing: a lot of people
0: struggle to obey God mm-hmm. because they don't have his word in high regard, mm-hmm. and they his practice they, they practice disobedience by not reading his word. Right, but even when they know his word, they oh, have they not it, set mm, his word. Yeah on a pedestal, one of the things that we have learned to do is God's word is here. Now here's what this means. God's word is here, even if our behavior is
1: here. Mm -hmm.
0: Our job is to move our behavior up to match his word,
1: not to attempt to bring his word down to match our behavior. Which is what we're seeing in our society right now. Yes. That the standard God had is here. Our behavior is here and in order to make our lives more commensurate with the way we want to live, we are gradually trying. We're not doing it because you can't do it. But in our minds, in our society, we're trying to pull God's word down actually below our behavior so we can feel good about the things that we do.
0: And that is a shame and a pity. Mm -hmm. And the reality of this is that you have the right to do that. You can choose to do that, but you will never have God's best as long as that's how you operate. You must esteem God's word. So when you read in the scripture about anger or offense or fornication or cursing or whatever, all those different things are right, then you have to say it is wrong even when I do it. Now, Holy Spirit, help me level up. Yep. Help me to level up, right? I was saying the other day, I was saying, I I one of the things that trips me out about people is that people will spend time studying the scripture for permission to sing. Mm-hmm. It is they're like, looking for loopholes, they looking for loophole yeah. for yeah. they're looking for a loophole fornication, they're looking for a loophole to curse people out, they're looking for a loophole for same-sex marriage, yeah. they're looking for a loophole for divorce, yeah. they're looking for a loophole not to tithe. But I'm telling you that if you take the loophole, you are going to miss this promise that he makes, that he honors those who honor him. Put this in, make your declaration. Say, I will honor the Lord. I will honor the I Lord. I will honor the Lord. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put that in the promise. I will
1: honor I the will Lord. I will
0: honor the Lord.
1: AKA, I will obey his word. I will honor the Lord by obeying his word. Amen. Amen. So All here's right. the second thing. The second people, second people group we need to honor are our parents. So let me read this, and then let me say something about this. It says, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Exodus 20 and 12, New International Version. Now, understand, when when this commandment was given, it was given as the children of Israel were exiting out of Egypt. But the principle still stands. Now, I know there are a lot of people who go, what do you mean, honor my father? He wasn't even there. What do you mean, honor my mother? She wasn't there. What do you mean, honor my father? He was so disrespectful and abusive to me. What do you mean, honor my mother? She was she was so demeaning in the whole entire thing. Those things may be true. Honoring them doesn't mean you have to treat them as though they've been perfect. Honoring them simply means that I operate in integrity toward them based on what God is telling me. So God may tell you, He may literally say, you can't have a relationship with that person, with your mom, with, you, with your biological father, your biological mother, your stepmom, stepdad, whoever raised you. You don't, you don't need to have a relationship. They're not good for you and your sanity, your mental health. Right. That doesn't mean that if I choose not to have a relationship with them, I'm somehow dishonoring them. Because remember, we said honor starts with honoring who? God. God. And that means what? Obeying him. So if God says don't put yourself in that situation, then you don't. But what it also means is that I don't have to spend time degrading them. I don't have to spend time talking about them and and reminding everybody how terrible they were and rehearsing all the bad things they did. I can heal and I can honor by giving respect. And sometimes giving respect means I give you enough respect that you and I aren't in the same circle. That That's really good, right? Because yeah. I don't want people to think, I'm sorry, I don't want people to think that when we say honor your mother and father, that means you got to treat your parent who was terrible. Let's just say it like that to you, like the person next door whose parents was wonderful and always there for them. We're not saying those things are the same. When, when I think about
0: it in this context, I always think about when it says, honor your father and your mother so you may live long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. Like, this is really about keeping offense out of your mm-hmm. heart. This is really, he's saying, here's how you're going to honor them. You're going to keep offense out of your heart. It is, honor doesn't mean we don't pretend things don't, didn't happen. Honor doesn't mean that if your father touched you inappropriately, that you got to be around him all the time right. or anytime. That's not what it means. But it means let me heal you so that you don't operate in offense. Now, I also want to say this because there are some kids who had great parents who yeah. practice dishonor. Absolutely, you don't have a reason to be dishonorable. What happens for a lot of kids is that there is selfishness. Yes. And because they are and entitle- selfish. And entitlement. And, entitlement yes. and the selfishness and the entitlement of thing allows them to be dishonorable. I was telling you, I was watching a TikTok and there was a mother on there and she had helped her 22-year-old daughter get a car after her 22-year-old daughter got a job, mm-hmm. right? After she got the car, the daughter decided she didn't want to work. The mother was filming live and the daughter, and she was saying, I really need you to get a job. I can't afford to pay your note, your bills and this note. And the daughter looked her mother in her face and said, that's your problem. You figure it out. Mm-hmm. That is dishonor. Mm-hmm. That is dishonor, mm-hmm. right? It is di- So for example, it is dishonor to live in your parents' homes as an adult or even as a kid and not do the things they ask you to do. Mm-hmm. So for example, if your parents don't drink, and your parent and you're an adult child and you come home and they say we don't want you to drink in our house and you drink in their house,
1: that's dishonorable. And dishonorable has consequences. Dishonor has consequences. A lot consequences. of parents don't impose them, but but in Camp Strict, we believe in imposing consequences when dishonor is shown. So in my house, if I tell you you can't drink in my house and you're living in my house and you drink in my house, then you no longer live in my house. And the problem with a lot of people is they don't they don't they don't make the people who Young adults living with them abide by the consequences of their actions. And so then you allow them to keep on being disrespectful. And, and and I call I don't even call it dishonor. I call it disrespect disrespectful. But then it is dishonorable to be disrespectful.
0: It is dishonorable to be disrespectful. So honor your parents. Right. And I really want to encourage you, many of you, as your parents get older, then we know that a lot of times as parents get older, you have to go into more of a parenting role right Mm -hmm. you still need to do to be honorable to your parents right like even though your parents may be um they may not make they may not think through things the way that they used to they may need more help you when you're talking to them even if they are acting like children you need to remember they are your parents everybody put this in the comments honor your parents right number three what's number three
1: number three is about honoring our our spouse
0: (laughs) honor your spouse The scripture in 1 Peter 3 and 7, it says husbands give honor to the wife. In Ephesians 5 and 33, it says let the wife see that she respects her husband. Tell your neighbor, say it's a two-way street. It's a two-way street. It's a two-way street. We've
1: always taught it that way. It
0: is a two-way street. Honor your wife, honor your husband. Honor your wife, honor your husband. If you don't honor your wife, if you don't honor your husband, it's not going to go well with you. Honor your wife. Honor your husband. It's a two way street, mm-hmm. and one of the things that God taught us that we talk about on relationships one on one, which is coming up this Tuesday at seven p.m. We talk about this that God had to teach both of us that one of us being dishonorable did not give the other right. one permission to be dishonorable. That's right. One of us being disrespectful did not give the other one permission to be disrespectful. And until we submit, until we honored God more than we honored our ability to be right, we kept thinking we had the right to clap back cause the other one was clap back and we never could have got where we are now if we had continued to be in that place. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So you need to honor your spouse. Okay, yeah. number
1: four, babe. Number four kind of goes to what you were just talking about earlier, it's about honoring our elders. The Bible says that you shall rise up before the gray headed and honor the aged. Leviticus 19 and 32 um, in the NASB. Now, that's what you were talking about earlier. At some point in life, if life happens the way it's supposed to, we are children being taken care of by our parents. Later in life, we become the adults at some point probably taking care of our of our parents. When that happens, we need to show them the same honor that hopefully they showed us as children. And, 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 and that means that if they need help and, and maybe you have to come in and start to help your parents with, with their bills, maybe you have to help them with some of the things that they used to normally be able to do that they can't do. You can't be now like, oh, they're bothering me when they've sacrificed and done the things that they've done for you. And even if they haven't, if the Lord called you to be the person in their life to do that, you need to honor them. You need to honor the age. You know, there was a time in our society and I get why we kind of switched. And I think we've taken it too far the other direction. But there was a time that we we were taught. You don't talk back. I mean, we would just talk. You don't talk back to older people, you know, whatever they said. It was yes, ma'am. It was no, ma'am. Now, to me, that that wasn't necessarily 100 percent right, because we know that adults can be wrong as well. And so a lot of kids felt wronged. By that, So they said, when I get older, I'm not going to teach my kids that they're basically whatever the teacher said is right, whatever the adult says is right. I'm going to tell my kids to come talk to me and let me handle it. Then the next generation was like, I'm going to tell my kids to tell them teacher so-and-so or tell them folk down the street so-and-so. And now you look around our society and what you see is a lot of kids, 10, 11, 12 years old, cussing out elders on the buses and subways and at games and all kinds of things because they don't have any respect. For the fact that those individuals are aged above them. And the Bible says, You shall rise up before the gray-headed. I'm gray head. I'm great. It says, And honor the aged. Amen. So we're Ooh, supposed I really to be. You need to honor me. <laughs> you need to honor really me. Yeah. <laughs> so I, so no, you have listen, to honor those. But who are I think older.
0: that this is important because I think here's the balance to that. My grandmother was very big on honor. Mm-hmm. My grandmother really taught it in the way that we taught our boys about the police mm-hmm. get home safe. Yeah you be respectful and i will handle the disrespect right so i think we still need to teach our kids i have an expectation of my kids even as adults don't i'm gonna tell y'all something don't nothing get under my skin more than some kid who's 17 18 year old talking about hey sean hey sean we're not peers right and i think that's something that's really missing in the kingdom and i think that edwin you would describe you would you would say that you have seen me demonstrating this to this day, I am going to honor my elders. Yeah. Even I have people in my program that are older than me, and I'm going to honor them because at the end of the day, there is a blessing for honor. Now, that does not mean that I have to agree with everything they right. say, but there is a respectful way to communicate disagreement. Yep. Can y'all put that in the comments? There is a respectful way to communicate Disagreement. And that's what's missing that there is a respectful way to communicate disagreement. Now we get into number five, and number five goes li- right along with that. Government officials, probably the whole 51 of us side, it says give respect and honor to those who are in authority. I can remember in 1992, I had the opportunity to work in DC on the Hill for an internship. During that time, People who had the most opposing views politically still went to lunch and dinner together Mm -hmm. because they did not say that because I disagree with you, I have the right to disrespect you. We have now moved into a place where literally we think it is okay to say anything about anybody that we disagree with. We we don't just disagree with facts. We begin to attack people.
1: Yeah, we make it personal. We
0: make it personal. And God says that is wrong. And I don't care who does it. Mm -hmm. I cannot tell you how many times that God has really dealt with me about my response to particular political officials. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. he has said to me, I don't care what they do. Do not get out of honor. I've had to come back and repent. I've had to come back and apologize because at the end of the day, what God expects us to do is to stand up for what's right without being disrespectful. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. To stand
0: up for what's being right without disrespect.
1: And then this this next one, number six, is one that sometimes can be challenging but it's still we required to do it it says servants and i know that we're not servants in the sense of slaves but when we work for an organization or we work for someone uh even if you're an entrepreneur and you have clients you're working for them so basically think of it in nerves terms it says be obedient to them that uh, are your masters or those who have authority over you or those who are in a position of authority according to the flesh it says with fear and trembling in singleness of your heart as unto Christ. In other words, if I've got a boss, right? And I'm not saying you're going to always agree with your boss. And sometimes I know bosses make bad decisions. I'm sure I've been a boss that my people on my team thought I was making bad decisions. I'm serious. Sure a pastor, there have been people who said, oh, I think that's a bad decision the pastor is making. I get that. I understand that. It's always different when you're sitting in a different seat. But at the end of the day, God says there's a way to be honorable, There is a way to be respectful. I had a job, a particular job that I had with a particular boss in which we just could not get along. And and I'll be honest, a lot of it had to do with him, not me. It just did because he didn't feel he, he felt intimidated because of the position that I was in and the favor I got with his boss. And he started to do these kind of things. And I found myself trying to do some little petty stuff back. And the Lord was like, I will not honor you if you do that. And I was like, well, Lord, what do I need to do? He said, either find a new job or learn to honor the person who is in this position. And so I started to turn my heart into honor that person in that position. And then as soon as I did, about a month later, I got a new job. But I believe with everything in me, had I not done the hard part, which was to learn to honor that person, even when they were being dishonorable, I'd have been stuck in that position.
0: Let me tell you about one thing I think that people don't realize is a position of dishonor. Yep. Okay. So when we're talking about working on a team with somebody, Mm -hmm. when we're talking about having a boss or in ministry, and we're talking about that, right? Let's say that we're all having a meeting and everybody knows that Pastor Edwin and I see things a lot differently a lot of times. But one of the rules we have to have is that once a decision is made, we don't undermine the decision. Once we leave the room. A lot of people do not understand that the reason they don't have honor in the workplace from God mm-hmm. is because when they disagree with a decision, everybody has to know. It. Yep. They, and they, they run around
1: sewing discord every place that anybody will listen,
0: discord, yep. and they're sewing offense, yep. right? And I think it's so important because I've watched you do this so many times, especially since you worked remote so many jobs, where literally your boss asked you to put together a presentation of the best possible odds and literally you spent way more time in it than he did or she did they picked something else but even when it went wrong the thing that i have watched you do is not say i told you so is to say it's to be very diplomatic in saying You probably should have listened to me. You didn't listen to me. Now, here's how we do it. Now, I just want everybody to stop and think about this. How many times have you disagreed with a leader, with a boss, with a teacher, and you didn't just complain to your spouse, but you actually am, can will admit you sold discord. People think that when they're working on the job, like if me and you working together and we got a boss and we're over here in the break room talking about how stupid it is. You think that's cool because you feel it. But God says, I see that as dishonor. Yeah, yeah. I see that as dishonor.
1: And, look, and let me finish the scripture because he says, he says, servants be obedient um, to them that are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart is unto Christ. And the next part, part of this says, not just with what I service
0: as, as men please,
1: sir. but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the, the heart. heart doing the will of God from the heart. And that's the thing you have to get. And the reality of it is, is that one of the things the Lord taught me, and he, he really did teach me this. He was like, at the end of the day, whatever position you are in, whether you are in mid middle management or when I was in senior management or at the C level, he says, here's what you need to understand. Your job is to do the best job you can do of what your boss has asked you to do. Once, you, once you've done that, It is not my problem, issue or concern with the direction my boss decides to go. And so that allowed me to keep offense out of my heart. If I work two weeks on a project and I give it to you and we go through it and you go to the board and you tell the board that you want to do X, Y and Z and you don't use my proposal, that's fine. I did what I was supposed to do because I did it from the heart and I worked to honor the Lord. Now, if it all goes awry and you have to come back to me and go, oh, my God, what are we going to do? I still have this same principle to work from the heart. So my my, my thing then is not to get puffed up and arrogant and say, you should have listened to me. Now you're in this situation. You figure it out. It's to say, well, based on where we are now, here are the steps we need to take, because when you learn to do like that. It's not hard to work. People talk about how hard it is to work in corporate. It's hard to work in corporate because people haven't learned this idea of honor and how to work it. It's hard to work in, in corporate because people think
0: that their bosses have to take yes, their ideas. Yes, You know, I've had just because your
1: boss asks for your opinion doesn't mean they are obligated to take it. And you need to understand that. You can, and can, the same can, thing is true in the church. Let me parenthetically insert that. I've had people on my team
0: get upset because I didn't take their their idea, but I'm not obligated to take no. your idea. And the truth of it is your idea may be better. But I think this is the thing that people miss. Your idea may be better, but the weight of what happened falls on the owner. Yeah. The weight of what happens falls on whoever is in the higher level of
1: leadership. So we just listen. And sometimes this- you also have to understand. People sit in different seats, and when you sit in different seats, you see, you see things differently. I used to say to my team all the time, "You guys are looking at something from a five thousand foot view." The position I sit in, I'm looking at it from a ten thousand, because I'm just not looking. I had five to, five senior directors. Those senior directors each had a team. They were looking at how this impacts their team. I had to look at it from how it was impacting the entire department, and then my boss had to look and see how it was impacting the entire unit. And so you have to understand that you have different levels of views. And when you have different levels of views, you see things differently.
0: So what I hear you saying is that honor takes
1: maturity. Honor takes maturity. Put
0: that in the comments, guys. Honor takes maturity, right? I noticed that when I asked you if you if you guys or anybody ever could admit they had sold de- discord discorded work, I noticed that nobody say nothing. But you know what? <laughs> we know some of you have, but you should just, you know, work through however you need to. Number seven, children yes ephesians 6 and 4 says honor those no it says do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them just because you have children you cannot just do anything you want to to them. That's right. You cannot just you do anything that you, you want cannot to
1: provoke them. them.
0: to anger. I see y'all coming on in a minute. Y'all have praise the Lord. <laughs> right? See, because you can't get this is the thing
1: people you can't get free from what you want to You can't
0: get free until you tell the truth. Yeah. If I feel like I was justified, then when God tries to correct the behavior, I argue to hold on to the justification. Mm-hmm. I have to own that at times in dealing with other people, I have been messing. Mm-hmm. I have sown discord. It may not have been my intent to sow discord, but it's still what I did. Because many of us have been in situations where we have been upset with our leaders who didn't even know we were upset. Yeah. Everybody knew beside us, and then number eight. Let's look at this. Number so eight, let's
1: treat your kids well. Treat your kids. You got to honor your church leaders.
0: Kendra said he did it this weekend. Called him a sucker. He repented. <laughs> yeah, you can't. You right. It takes Amen. maturity, right? <laughs> and then number eight,
1: church leaders. Yep. Oh Lord, it says you got to honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. First Thessalonians five twelve. That's New Testament. In case you want to know, yes, <laughs> it you says to, to honor, honor those. those who are your leaders in the Lord's word. And to me, it just, it just makes sense to me. It just makes sense that you would honor those because, and maybe I have the unique uh, opportunity because I can see it from both sides. I see what it's like to have a spiritual father and a spiritual mother. And I see what it's like to have spiritual children. So I get to be in the middle of it. Some people only ever get to be on the children. End. But what I can tell you though, is that if you have ever been a parent and you have children, and you have parents, then you understand what this what, what this can look like, right? Because there are things who, that na- even now I go, man, if I could go back as a kid, there are some things I wouldn't do. I must have really got on my mama nerve. Because, I mean, you know what I mean? Because it's like, when you know better, you would do better. And so at this point, when you have people who are spending time, the people who come on uh, and pray, they don't just jump on the live and just go from the cuff. They've they've been before the Lord about what they're going to pray. The praise team, they're working throughout the month to come when we come to the huddle to give you an experience and to take you uh, before the throne into worship. We don't just get on here and just say, oh, okay, five minutes before it's time to start, let's, let's think about what we want to talk about. We're, we're walking and talking and we're researching and we're seeing what the word says and hearing from God. That takes time and effort. So what you're getting even this morning, you're going to be on here for an hour, but you're, you're you're getting about eight hours or more worth of time from us that we have spent to be able to give you what we're giving you this morning. Absolutely. And so he says, you got to honor your church leaders.
0: Let's look at the second scripture, Hebrews 13 and 17. Yep. It says, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls mm-hmm. as those who will have to give an account. Mm-hmm. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. That's Hebrews 13 and 17. I think it's the New Living Translation. I don't remember. It's, But I want you to think about what this says. I literally, when I first started reading this scripture, I used to say to God how unfair I thought this scripture was. Mm. He says, Obey your leaders and submit to them Why? Because your leaders Are keeping watch over your soul Your
1: souls. that is your mind, mind wheel, Will, emotions, emotions, intellect
0: And imagination, imagine, right. intellect,
1: imagination, right. imagination so, and intellect.
0: so we're responsible For watching over your soul And we will have to give an account for your soul. Mm -hmm. But you get to choose whether you're going to follow instructions. Mm -hmm. That's why you say to the Lord, now that just
1: don't seem fair to me. But but he says to them, he says, but you should let them do this. This thing i call them to do to be a watcher over your soul, to help you where your mind, your will, your emotions and your imagination and intellect are concerned, you should let them do this with joy. It should be a pleasure to the, he says, I'm going to give you shepherds after my own heart. He says, those shepherds should find joy in watching over your souls. He says, but they need your participation. Let them do this thing I've called them to do with joy and not with groaning. Don't make it hard, don't make them sick to see you coming because you always disobedient, you don't never listen, you always complaining, you always sowing discord. They just can't stand to even see you coming. Why? Because that would be of no advantage to you. So, you want to make sure Whoa. you don't make our job hard, <laughs> don't make Whoa. the praise team jobs hard, Whoa. don't make the other pastors in this ministry's job hard. You, you want us to serve you, let us, let us serve you. How can we serve you because you become honorable and then it's a joy for us to do what God has called us to do, to be seeking him about what word to share with you, about how to pray for you, about what things we need to do for you and your family and your children. But if you make it difficult for us, we don't want to do it. And even though we do it because we love God, it is no advantage to you because our heart ain't in it for you. Whoa. (laughs) That's just the truth people need to know that That's why I say all the time I don't want to make Pastor Tony and Pastor Cynthia's job hard I don't want them to have to be worried about What we're doing down here in Arkansas Because we never listen to what they say And taking their advice and doing the things That they know works They know what works The Bible says to follow after them uh, who, Through faith and patience who have obtained the promise We know what it's like when we follow after them Why would we want to not do that And make it difficult for them
0: well, let's talk about some practical ways because there's no way we go get through all of these notes. Look at this right here, yeah. right? So, like, what are ways that people, um,
1: well, what do you want? What do you want to start? How, we'll get to that too. How do we want to honor God, or how do you want to? Own-
0: let's do honor leader, and then we'll come back and teach this whole thing, right? It's up to you. How do we honor our church leaders? Nietzsche said, "Get that man a hug." How do we honor our church leaders, right? Yep. It's so important that we honor our church leaders. Let's look at this scripture. Let's look at First Thessalonians 5, 12 through um, 13 in the new in the, the living Bible. It says, Dear brothers, honor the officers of your church who work hard among you, and they warn you against all that is wrong. Mm-hmm. So it says that part of the job of pastors is to warn you against what is wrong, mm-hmm. right? It says, think highly of them and give them your wholehearted love because they are straining to help you. you." Yeah. Say pastors are for me. Leaders are for me. I was thinking about this, that on in almost any given day, the majority of the conflicts that Elwyn and I work through are about people in the church. Absolutely. Uh, The other morning, I got up to walk. And when I got up and picked up my phone, there were four messages from people in crisis. And I want you to hear this. Two of them, I didn't mind helping because they followed instructions. Mm-hmm. And two of them, I took a deep sigh and said, here you are again because you won't listen. Mm-hmm. And it is frustrating As a leader to warn people against what is wrong, to warn people against what is evil and then to watch them dig themselves in a ditch and then turn around and say, Pastor Sean, Pastor Ralph, Pastor Elwin, Pastor Nietzsche,
1: Pastor Chris, Pastor Chandra, get me out of this mess. And then become offended when it doesn't either happen or happen as fast as they want it to as though somehow we put them in that situation. We're straining for you and you're straining against what we're straining for. That's why the Bible says, don't make this difficult for us. It would be of no advantage to you. Make it easy for us to warn you against what is wrong. Make it easy for us to warn uh, you against what is evil. He says, how do you do this? Wholehearted love. You do it by giving your wholehearted love. Why? Because we want to strain for you. We want to get before God and get a word for you so that you can walk in love live by faith and experience God's prosperity in every area of life. We want to do that.
0: I think it's such an important conversation because the research talks about how many pastors are exhausted. Mm -hmm. Now we are incredibly blessed. And a lot of times our friends ask us, why do you have so many pastoral leaders? Because the reality of it is, is that taking care of people is work. Can you put that in the comments? Taking care of people is work. And, 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 and we love to do the work. We're graced to do the yes. work. But what is frustrating is, I'll give you a good example. Pastor Elwyn has been saying for over two years, I think it started in the pandemic, that every partner ought to make $100,000. Mm-hmm. He has literally been saying over and over again, if you don't make $100,000, you should be looking for another job. At least move in that direction. You should be moving in that direction. There have been people that have called us stressed out because they lost their job, but had they followed instruction, they wouldn't have been at that job to lose it. They would have already been at another job. Now they're like, "Oh my God, it's so fair, it's so unfair." But they literally sat in service week after week and disregarded instruction. Mm-hmm. If you disregard instruction, it'd be different, Command. We're not telling you to be no stripper. We're not telling you to sell drugs. But if, but like realistically, if we're having a conversation with you and you're dating someone and that person doesn't care about the Lord, that person doesn't work, that person doesn't treat you well and then we say to you hey this is not a person you should marry we're literally begging you not to marry them and then you marry them and they treat you like crap and then now you want to talk about it every day you chose that we were straining to help you warning you against what was wrong but you didn't trust us and so you went your own way absolutely absolutely. you went your own way look at this in the message translation yeah In the mess translation, this is good. It says, and now, friends, we ask you to honor those leaders who work so hard for you, who have been given the responsibility of urging and guiding you along in your obedience. Now,
1: look at this last part. Look at this
0: last part. Overwhelm them with appreciation and love.
1: And I love this because this is what we seek to do. We don't... Some of these people get to see us. They have the opportunity to see us monthly if they want to, but they get to see us on on video and stuff. We get to watch our spiritual parents on video. We get to talk to them on the phone. We get to honor and love them throughout the year. But when we go to spend that weekend with them, when we go to the sons and daughters, this is our goal. We want to overwhelm them with appreciation and love. We don't just want to give it in words. We want to say, listen, we know what you've been doing for us this year. Even when we didn't know you was praying, we know you was praying for us. There are some battles we didn't face because you was praying for us. There are some things we did not encounter because we're connected to you and you were doing the warfare for us. And as an appreciation, here is a gift. Here is a reward that we want to share with you to let you know that we want to overwhelm you with appreciation. You don't do it for that reason. We don't do it for that reason, but I want to show you. So that's why we ask people, hey, if Pastor Ralph, Pastor Chris, Pastor Nitra, Pastor Chandra, if they've been impacting your life, anybody in this ministry, if they've been impacting your life, they've taken your phone call, they've listened to you, they've helped you, they've given you good information, you should take the opportunity to overwhelm them with appreciation and love.
0: I was talking to Pastor Cynthia last week. Mm-hmm. She said, what are you doing on Monday night? Now, I don't expect her to remember that I have a class every Monday night. Right, because she got a lot reason. of other stuff Because she got on. a lot of other stuff to do. And I said, um, I, my question to her was, what do you need me to be doing? Right. She said, I need you to come and teach virtuous women. I said, cool, well, I'll bring my women to virtuous mm-hmm. women. Why? And I think the truth of it is, is a lot
1: of people don't understand this, is that. Because some folks would get offended. Why would she ask me to do that on Monday night? She know I got my class on Monday No, she don't. She don't know. But even if she did
0: (laughs) I want you to hear this. Even if she knew that I had class on Monday night. If she needed you. If she need me, I'm going to be there. And I think that that's the thing. And I think think that's a form of honor. Let me say this, because I think that adult kids miss this too, right? This is really what I believe. Most of us, if if you were born into a family, you was born into that family, you was helpless, you couldn't do nothing for yourself, they had to take care of you, they had to make all these sacrifices. Much is the same if you come into a spiritual family. Mm -hmm. You don't know enough words to sustain, Mm -hmm. sustain yourself. You don't know what to do, all of these different things, right? This is what bugs me so much about the family and the body of Christ. Is that when so many people finally get to the ability where they could contribute something back, they're selfish. Mm -hmm. The reality of it is, is that Pastor Cynthia spent years pouring word into me. Mm -hmm. She spent years helping me discern the word, decipher scripture. Grow in the things of God. She spent years doing that. Now that I have something to give back, if she asks for it, she can have it. And I think that that's one of the things that people really miss. They're like, I, you know, you got all of this teaching, but you won't be a greeter. Mm-hmm. You won't sing on a praise team. Mm-hmm.
1: You won't, you won't, you won't give. You won't give any of your
0: time. You won't get up out your bed to drive to church. And the When you're in the city. When you're in the city. And I really want you guys to understand this. The hope God is about community and is about family. Now, in America, we have a very individualized thing where it's like you get yours and I get mine. But the kingdom was always supposed to be. Literally, this is where we are right now. Pastor Cynthia is getting ready to celebrate her 35th anniversary of doing Virtuous Women. She Mm -hmm. has been doing Virtuous Women for 35 years. Right. One of the things that we have been saying to them in the last couple of years is this is that you tell us what you want done. Now hear this, we pastor church, we run a business, but you tell us what you want done. Because you have poured so much into us, it is now our job mm-hmm. to make sure your vision comes to pass. Mm-hmm. A lot of people want to eat from the family vision, but they don't want to contribute to the family You want to eat from
1: the table, but you don't want to bring a paper plate. You don't want to bring no napkins, no ice, no, no soda, no cook. You don't want to cook it. You just want to show up, eat, and take plates home. Some of y'all understand what I'm saying. You don't want to contribute anything. And anybody who doesn't contribute to something and only takes from something is known as a parasite. And you should know that. That Some people are showing up in a dishonorable way because all they're seeking is what they can suck from the host. What can I get? What can I get? What can I get? Never what can I give? How can I serve? How can I pull somebody else up along the way? It's just about me, 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 me. And that is a terrible place to be in.
0: Well, amen. I think about this and I always tell, I talk about when I had the wreck, we're coming up on the anniversary. I think it's the fifth year of me having the wreck and that there were people who literally said to me, I'm so glad you didn't die. I wasn't done getting everything I needed from you. Yeah. And right. I was like, how offensive. And, and, is and that? they think that's supposed you to be think a that's great a compliment. Team.
1: You didn't want me to die because you're not through sucking the life out of me yet. Right.
0: Not you didn't want me to die because at the point at that time we still had four right. kids in high, in in elementary right. school, right? Not you didn't want me to die so my husband wouldn't be sad. Right. But you didn't want me to die because you weren't through getting what you needed yeah. from my life and really thinking that that was a compliment. Listen, this is the truth. It was probably about 15 people who said Mm -hmm. that to me Mm because I would show it to you Mm -hmm. every time that people would say to me, I'm glad you didn't die because I haven't gotten everything I need Mm -hmm. from you. And in truth, in a lot of churches, You're only glad the church doesn't close so you can get what you need, but you don't care about anything else in the church being successful. And how do we
1: know you don't care? Because you don't serve. You don't give consistently. You don't give words of encouragement consistently. You just show up when you need something. I tell people all the time, the one thing that I have to fight against, and the Lord has to help me, is when people come to FOC broken, busted, and disgusted, and they come and they sit and they hear word, and they get assistance financially, they get assistance Emotionally they get assistance vocationally And then things get good for them and life Gets good for them and then you don't even see Them anymore to me I think it's extremely Disrespectful it's what Jesus Said about the lepers he says, did I not heal Ten of y'all I it was Ten of y'all who I healed. Did, oh, you the only one who came back to say thank you But I healed ten of you And I think it's one of those things that it just shows A lack of honor and there's so much Dishonor that happens even As pastors we have to guard ourselves because I have to be I have to be the same loving person when they go back out there and mess everything up and then come back and need my assistance again I have the Lord had to train me early in ministry that I could not have that Edwin Strickland mentality I had to have a God mentality amen because the Edwin Strickland mentality say fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me and I never got shamed it, the first time you messed up, you was out of here. <laughs> but that ain't who I am. The Lord has trained me. He has trained me and, and, and guided me to see it his way. And I see things God way.
0: And I think it's so interesting because we see this and we're not, again, guys, we're not talking about fellowship. No, champions. we're talking
1: about oh, the, kingdom the kingdom in general. Right.
0: But the truth our of church it is, is wonderful. our church is wonderful. But the truth is, is that there are people who literally know that this ministry and the Stricklands have literally given them resources, and then the one time we said no, or the one time that we expected them to raise their standard, they went out and talked about us like a dog. Like we had never, like we them. had never mm-hmm. helped them. And the truth of it is, people
1: don't realize how difficult. And God didn't always let us defend ourselves. He's most of the time of God doesn't. Ninety-nine percent of the time, may, maybe a hundred. I was disobedient. One percent. I don't know. But most of the time, He does not let us go out and say we got receipts you don't let us do like a deon like a deon sanders and say we got receipts we can show you what we gave you we can show you how many times we helped you we just let them tell the lies and go on. and people who choose to believe it they had something in their heart anyway but they but wanted to believe that's it. one of the things that we've really learned the reality of
0: it is is that if somebody has poured into your life yep and somebody else can turn you against them it was in your it heart. it was in your heart it was in your heart yeah And so one of the things is one of the reasons that y'all see at least quarterly, I'm going to put up a post where I say I don't fool with people who don't fool with my man my pastor, my spiritual parents, my God, my friends. Why? Because I understand that one of the strategies of the enemy Mm -hmm. is to separate and to sow discord. So I understand that one of the strategies of the enemy is to get me to have sidebar conversations about Pastor Cynthia. So when she does something I don't like, all that stuff can come back in my heart. We have said this for years that the enemy plays the long game. And if you want to be honorable, you have to be aware of his device. Right. We want to give you these five things and then we'll come back and get out of here. So how are ways that you can honor your pastors? Follow them as they follow God. Hear the teachings and do them. Number two, support the vision through prayer, giving and service. Don't just attend church, use your oh, gifts, gifts and, and talents to, to help build the church. Yes. Number three, communicate your appreciation for all they do. Mm-hmm. And remember this that giving to the church isn't giving to them. No even if you don't have financial resources, you can still take the time to acknowledge them on their special days like birthdays and anniversary. And I
1: think this is so key because I think that sometimes people equate that. They think, well, I gave to the church. When you get to Fellowship of Champions, you are empowering the church to do what it's doing. You're not giving to Edwin or Sean. It, you you or couldn't, Ralph, or Ralph or anybody. or anybody else, any of the other ministers, you're not giving to them when you give to the church. You know, if, if, if Pastor Ralph teaches a word that really blesses you and, and that's your week to give your tithe, you give your tithe, but then you also may send him a, a Sonic gift card, send him a Starbucks card, give him $10. $20. You do something to say, hey, I appreciate what you did. That's what communication is about. Absolutely. Number four. Number four, be unoffendable. Mm. You are
0: not going to like everything that we say. You are not going to like everything that we do, but are we following God? And if we are following God, then don't make our jobs harder by sowing discord and operating
1: in offense. It was so funny. When I saw these in the notes this week, I thought, you know what? The Lord had been telling me to prepare at the beginning of 2024 to teach unoffendable. And I I was like, oh, I got the video. He's like, no, no, no. I want you to teach it live again. I want you to teach unoffendable live again at the beginning of the year.
0: Yes, that's good. Yeah. And then number five, give them grace. Yes. Expect us to live right. Hold us accountable mm-hmm. to live
1: right. But remember that we are people too. Give us the same grace you would want us to give you if you blew it. If you messed up.
0: Give us the same grace, like even in something as simple as this. Give us the same grace to know that just because maybe we we didn't, we didn't ignore your email, we didn't see it. I literally or had someone
1: didn't. leave the ministry because they had we had set up a meeting in which we were supposed to meet. I missed the meeting. But I missed the meeting because someone had called me and they were in a crisis about whether or not they were going to unalive themselves or not. So I didn't get off the phone with that person to take this call about some uh, some venture they wanted me to get involved in. And because I missed the call, they got offended and walked away and never came back to the church. They're lost, but I'm just telling you, it happens. Give people the same grace you would want someone to extend. Give
0: them the same grace. You try to be really prompt and responding and taking care of people and stuff. I mean, but the truth of it is, is the that, world doesn't
1: revolve around you. Well, that's the truth. The truth is, the world doesn't revolve around you. And while, while it's two of us, it's hundreds of y'all. And that's, and I, I used, and I don't know what else to start to say to people except that everything that's a crisis in your life doesn't mean it's a crisis in ours. And and, that's, and you 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 don't train people how to honor if you don't tell them that. And I know that this I know it's a it's a crisis for you. But your one crisis and your one 20 minute conversation, there are hundreds of other people who want to have that same 20 minute conversation. And if that's all we did in the course of the day, we couldn't do the other things the Lord has called us to. And so I think it's really important for you to understand that. So give us some grace as the ministry grows, as we get more people in line who can help you and serve you. Give us some grace. Well, also, that's why we teach you the word.
0: We teach you the word so you know how to resolve certain things. Mm -hmm. That's why we teach you the word so that you don't always have to be able to get on the phone with us to know what to do. And so we encourage you. Follow us as we follow God, use the teachings. And then if you get to a point that you're not sure what to do about the teachings, then say, Oh my God, I need to talk to y'all. Right. Okay. Listen, did y'all get something out of this teaching? We're getting ready to go for the huddle, whatever you got. It's huddle time. Tell us what you got out of the teaching. I love what Kidra said. If we listen, we wouldn't have so many crises. It's is just true. That is it's true. It's just true. When we started to listen to Pastor Tony and Cynthia, we didn't have so many reasons to
1: call them. Our conversation when we call them now are not about what we need to do. It's how are you doing? How are we doing? It's, it's, it's a joyful conversation. Why? Because they taught us how to use the word to guide our life. Nate said he coming to the next huddle. All
0: you, right. That's November. Can. Come it's on. November. Come you on can. up here. So listen, we love you guys. We want to see you at all the things this week. You know what all the things are, but we want you to practice being honorable this week, this starting this week, you're going to see us celebrating the different ministry gifts. And we want you to help us celebrate them, shout them out on your social media, send them a text. Um, we, You know, FOC is doing something for them, but that doesn't mean you can't do something for them. We love you. We thank you. Listen, do you want to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ? Because th- it starts with this. It does. Give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you want to be a partner of FOC? Maybe you've never made the decision to be a partner with FOC. I'm not sure why you wouldn't be because it's amazing. Go to mm-hmm. www.focchurch.com. Dot com and scroll to complete the partnership fund. And, and then, don't let
1: folks in Germany and Australia and other parts of the world become a partner when you sitting right here in America and don't do it. well <laughs> Come on, be a partner. You right want to be a partner. 20-10. Right here in Town Right here in Town
0: And lastly, it's your opportunity to sow. Yes. We know that something supernatural happens when we give. We decree and declare that this is 100% tithing church. Ways to Give, GiveLify, PushPay, Tidally, Text to Give, and if in, you're an international partner, PayPal, FOC, Church, NWA. Pastor Edwin and I are planning for 2024. Can I tell you 2024, it's going to be an off-the-chain year. It's gonna gonna go off-the-chain. going to be off the chain. It's going to be so many good things. Listen, and we want to tell you, in December, we have two huddles, yes. the 10th and the 30th right? The 31st, the Mm -hmm. 10th and the 31st. So listen, come and celebrate with us as we bring the new year in. I think we're going to do some super cool stuff. Mm. We're going to be prepared. We're going to hit the ground running, but we want you to finish 2023 strong. And you do that by honoring your man and woman of God, honoring the Lord, honoring your parents, honoring your boss, honoring the government, do the things that you need to do so that you can get the reward that comes from honor. Y'all have an amazing day. And
1: don't forget Tuesday, this Tuesday at 7 p.m., we will be doing another edition of what? Relationship 101.
0: We got a special guest.
1: Special guest. You're not going to want to miss it. We ain't going to tell you who it is yet, but we got a special guest. You got to show up. Relationships 101. Mark your calendars down. Every time I, oh, heaven, I forgot. Mark your calendar. That's why you got that $1,200 phone. Put it in your calendar. <laughs> Put the date on it's there. So <laughs> Put the date in there, so then you'll know what time it starts. All right. We love Bye. you guys. <laughs> Have a great day. I love you. Bye.